0: Welcome to the, I don't give a should show a podcast exploring all the ways that women should all over themselves. How many times do you find yourself acting out of obligation or doing what everyone else expects from you without stopping to consider why, where do all those beliefs that are driving you come from? If you're tired of feeling resentful, overwhelmed, stuck, exhausted, or pissed off, you are in the right place. Shitting all over yourself is a real thing, but it doesn't have to be in the driver's seat. I'm your host, Jen Sherwood, and I spent way too many years trying to prove that I was good enough and worrying what other people thought while avoiding conflict at all costs. Today, I don't give a shit. Well, not as many anyway, and neither should you. I'm talking to women like you who figured out how to stop shooting and start living. You're listening to the I Don't Give a Should Show, episode number seven. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today, Tanya Montella. Tanya turns ambitious women into confident career changers and fulfilled professionals. Through career coaching services, she has set out to enable women to maximize their potential and truly thrive, landing jobs that they love and receiving pay that they deserve. That's a hell yes. She is an author public speaker, podcaster, and CEO of Tanya Empowers. I am so happy you are here today, Tanya. This is so exciting. And off-camera today, we just decided we're totally best friends now, so this (laughs) makes it even more fun to have my new best friend on with me today. (laughs) Tanya, welcome. Thank you so much for letting me be here. This is wonderful. I am thrilled that you are here. So. Let's dive in because I am excited to hear the story and I'm sure my listeners are as well. So Tanya, can you tell us what it was like for you when
1: you were living under the shoulds? Absolutely. So I would say, let's start where I went into college, right? Because that's one of the biggest shoulds in life, right? You you know, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a good job. So I was on that exact path. I went to college, I started, you know, working my career like towards the end of my college time and then gotten to full-time professional career and, you know, continued to build it throughout. Landing jobs of Fortune 500 companies, which is another should, I would say, right? You think like the names that you spout out for where you work is always you know impressive and prestigious, and oh, yeah, I know that company, or oh well, you do advertising for business okay, that sounds so you know what I mean? It just sounds so sexy, I guess <laughs> is that what your degree is in yeah, that well, my degree is in communication, but the work that I was doing coming out of college was in marketing and advertising,
0: yeah, it does sound sexy when you're like able to just like that that recognizable name slides off your tongue, and was it somehow for you? was it having that was like credibility almost like it really kind of validated you as a professional and as a successful woman? Is that, was there something like that in there? Totally.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it it was that and it was, I mean, yeah, you know what? It probably was just that because even when I think to like choosing a college, right? Like I, I actually ended up going to George Mason university. I'm from Virginia and that's, what was referred to as a commuter school. Cause you know, it's not like your typical like large university where everybody's living there. And I had a, some feelings about that. Like, Oh, well, maybe I should go to Radford university or maybe I should go to, you know, all the other ones that are in the area. And I said, Nope, George Mason feels comfortable for me. I don't care that it's, you know, a commuter school quote unquote. So yeah, same thing transferred into corporate life. It was like, if you're working for a company that's known or you're doing a job that sounds sexy, that is equated to success in my mind, at least.
0: Oh my gosh. You have no idea how much I identify with this. I am the commuter school college graduate as well. And it's funny how you sort of somehow that seems a little less than. And so then there is almost this element of like, okay, well, in my career, let me work hard to prove where I'm at. And I earned my position and I deserve to be here. I can imagine women listening are so nodding, nodding vigorously along with this. So there's shoulds, there's expectations about going to college and getting into your career. And I know you moved up the ladder pretty quickly. So talk to me a little bit about
1: that. Yeah. I mean, I just by nature, and this comes with some shoulds because it, I think it comes down to the way that I was raised, but by nature, I am a high performer. Anything that I do, I go full force and I want to be the best that I can possibly be at it. So that lends credit to being able to move up the corporate ladder, but it, it even became true, even when I changed careers, you know, sometimes it, it required me to take a step back in terms of pay, you know, you're starting doing something you've never done and you've painted the picture to show why you're qualified, you get the job, but it means, you know, you're not going to start out at the top of the rung. So, <laughs> and even when I would do that, I would be able to build myself up again to senior level positions, promotions. That has always been a constant for me.
0: Mm. What's the drive you were saying it's the way you were raised? So what's the drive behind, like overachieving?
1: Great question. I've actually been reflecting on this fairly recently, which is funny that it took me so long to do so. but <laughs> um, I tend to think it comes from military background. So my dad, you know, served 20 years in the Navy. And just having the mindset of, at least this is what I was exposed to, right? almost a sense of perfectionism. Like, you know, you do something and if if it's not completely right, then it's not great. If you make a mistake, then it's not the best it could have been. And, you know, maybe that wasn't ever communicated to me directly. Right. But it's just sort of by nature, kind of what I learned based on what I saw and heard as a child. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, don't, I mean, I don't know what the exact quote is, but isn't it more that we learn by what we see happening in our homes more so than what we're told?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I would agree with that. It's interesting the perfectionist piece, I mean, this goes hand in hand with kind of that high performance overachieving piece, but yeah, it really does get ingrained in us. And and if you were growing up knowing like "Mm, mistakes really aren't tolerated, failure is not tolerated, then of course you're going to be really driven. So I love that you're reflecting on this right now, by the way. Was there a point where you started to like, was this not working for you anymore? Tell us kind of what was the next iteration of your journey?
1: Yeah, I would say it's funny because I thought that it was working up until I would say there was a pivotal moment where I realized, what am I doing? So (laughs) just leading up to this, a little more context being a high performer and like being seen among my peers and my family and friends as like the career woman. And I think that's why people tended to send other women my way for advice. Because when they thought of Tanya, they thought of the professional, the successful woman, yeah, right? Of course. And I found myself, for example, like I was always, I would say, performing and striving for the success of others. So whether it be making businesses profitable, right, then my husband, he opened his own business with the gym and I was supporting him from the back end, doing the marketing that I know and the digital advertising, you know, handing out pamphlets, like literally on the ground, helping to promote it, building the website, things like that. So I was always behind the scenes. And it was funny because I always would tell him, so for my nine to five job, I would book speakers for events that we would have. And I would look at how much we were paying these people. And I was like telling my husband now, you need to be a speaker because he's got the gift of gab. Uh I would always say, you need to be a speaker. You know, you do something for 30 minutes, an hour. You can make this amount of money. Like this is totally up your alley. And he was like, oh, it's not really for me. It wasn't until I started to learn these patterns where I was behind the scenes helping other people to be successful that I realized it's me. I need to be the speaker. I need to get out from behind the curtain. I need to show what it is that I have and stop, you know, being the one behind the scenes from making other people successful. And I need to do it for myself. Yeah.
0: So was there a was there an event, a time, a something that brought that into your awareness? Or were you just generally not feeling as satisfied? Like what actually made you see this?
1: Mm. Yeah. So It was a culmination of things, and they all happened around the same time. (laughs) Um, It was actually towards the end of 2021 and the start of this year, where I noticed an increase in people sending women my way for career advice. I started recognizing how much it lit me up whenever I would have those conversations Okay, and how much value those women got out of those conversations. (sighs) Actually, I was a guest on somebody's podcast, and I noticed how much I enjoyed doing that and having conversations which is what sparked me to create my own podcast all these things were kind of happening around the same time and i said i think these are all coming to fruition because this is showing me that i need to like i said come out from behind the curtain and do these things myself not be a guest always but be the host (laughs) not book speakers but be the speaker yeah yeah
0: okay so this starts to happen then what do you do? So you start seeing, you've been kind of doing things the way that was expected and you follow the path, but something's shifting and you're starting to see you want something different. So what happens next?
1: Yeah. So the other pivotal moment that was happening at that same time was, and I won't go into detail, but I observed something that happened at my nine to five where I realized, and this is something that I knew before, but it was just very, it was more obvious when this particular event happened at how easily you could be removed from a company (laughs) regardless of performance. Yes. Right. So it became much like I knew this, right? Layoffs happen, things happen. But this particular event was like, wow, it really can come out of nowhere. It really can hit anybody. And I need to do something to where if that happens, I have something else to fall back on. And I have my own thing going, something that I get far more fulfillment out of doing so (laughs) to answer your question i just started doing to be completely honest i've had somebody ask me this before and i'm like i didn't even think i mean those events happening all at the same time were so impactful for me that i just started doing the things and it was funny because at the time i recognized how i was taking these steps that were so different from the person that i knew you know just months before (laughs) I was like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it and I'm not thinking. And I think that was key. I was not allowing myself to think I was just doing it. I started my LLC. I started building my website. Like I was just doing and not thinking. And that is kind of what was the kickoff point.
0: I love this so much. So do you think if you had allowed yourself to think that you wouldn't have done it, that you would have, you would have talked yourself out of it? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my uh, one of my old business coaches had said to me one time she said, "You know, if I had known what it was going to take to get from here to there, I never would have done it." So that's kind of the beauty of not knowing what it takes to get somewhere because you're just dealing with each thing as it comes up and it sounds like for you you were like, "That's it. I'm just going to get to work." and let's just see what happens. And people were already coming to you for career advice and you were able to help those women. So it just feels like this natural progression for you, this natural fit. And so now Tanya, tell us like, what is this like for you now? You're actually doing this work. So what is life like for you now where you're like, I'm just going to go from my thing and I'm going to come out from behind the scenes. And what does that feel like for you? And what does it look like?
1: Uh, it feels so powerful. Like, I feel like I'm finally, how I say, I like to enable other women to maximize their full potential. At this point, I am <laughs> living, you know, I'm practicing what I preach. I am living my full potential. I'm doing things I never thought I would have done. I'm really exposing myself and putting myself out there into the world through podcasting, speaking you know, being really active on social media and like recording videos and things that I never was doing before.
0: (laughs) It's a whole different ball game when you get into business for yourself. Yes. I hear you. And so doing this, you're growing this business. So actually I'm going to take a left turn a little bit. What has it done for your personal life? Has it changed your personal life in addition to your professional life?
1: Yeah, I would say it's interesting. So before all of this started to happen, I would consider myself a confident person. I mean, not a hundred percent. I don't think anybody is confident in every single aspect of themselves, but a quite confident person, right? This has you know, taken that to the next level because I'm realizing how much power I have and how much capability I have and how fearless I can be, <laughs> right? Like taking a leap of faith, and doing these things that i never would have imagined to do before but also it's allowed me to set boundaries because when building a business and being a mother and being a wife and trying to find time for me (laughs) you can't do it all right none of us can so i really have to be very selective about how i spend my time and i have to make sure that if i'm spending too much time in one area. Okay. It's time to put that down and go do this thing and really find that balance. But setting boundaries is a key part to that.
0: Oh my God. I love what you're saying so much right here. First of all, I think you're right. I think you can't have it all the way the media tries to portray. We can have it all. I won't even go down that road, but it is critical for you to have the things that matter to you to put the boundaries in and, and be really intentional with how you spend your time, I hundred
1: percent, hundred percent get that.
0: So, Tanya, tell us who you work with today. What does that business look like?
1: Yeah, so primarily right now, I'm working with women who are seeking a new job, whether it be they're looking to make a career pivot and go into something that they have not done before, you know, a new role or a new industry that they haven't been in before. Or, if they're looking to make more of a lateral move, do the same type of work just for a different company. So it's really you know women job seekers in general is how i would I would classify the women that I'm working with right now. I am going to start to offer my services to employed, already employed women who are just looking to have more of a focus on their career development, have somebody alongside them to you know help them to like I said, I've always gotten promotions and been a high performer, so I want to extend that to other women. So though I primarily work with job seekers right now, you know, I will be working more with women who are already in a job, just looking for more development.
0: Fantastic. So I can imagine there are those exact women listening right now, or maybe just women who are kind of considering what their future holds for them. So you all want to go find Tanya on socials for sure. Or, um, well, actually I should ask you, Tanya, how do you want people to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. Well, the easiest place is my website because from there you can get pointed to my podcast. My website is com. Very easy. <laughs> um, but also too, on LinkedIn, I would say. I I'm very active on LinkedIn. I like to be direct messaging women to give them feedback on their resume or inspiration for the week if they're feeling down. Sometimes I'll even go as crazy as giving out my cell phone number. If somebody's really Mm -hmm. feeling down and they're really feeling like, gosh, I just am so frustrated in my job search. I need someone to talk to, but on LinkedIn, you can find me. um, (laughs) You're not (laughs) guaranteeing that you'll give everybody your cell phone number. Let's just be clear. (laughs) No, no, no. I just have known to do that in the past. So that's why, you know, I'm, I'm very much more engaged on LinkedIn versus like Instagram, for example, right? Instagram is where you can find more of like the fun stuff. I'm doing less of like the, the career advice on Instagram. Cause it's a little more, it's just a different place for me.
0: I love that you are so connected to the women that are going through this process, that that's how you interact with them. I think that speaks volumes about who you are, honestly. So, okay. TanyaEmpowers.com. That's the one place you can go for all things Tanya. This is fantastic. Tanya, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story and just generally Being a great (laughs) shining light in my day today. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. Totally, totally my pleasure.
0: Hey friend, if you recognize yourself in these stories and you don't want to give a should anymore, you have to join my coaching community, the GC. Come learn the tools to recognize when fear and worry are running the show and how to shift into more of what you want without guilt or blowing up your life. Unless of course, that's what you want. Inside the GC, you'll learn strategies to start making yourself a priority. Stop saying yes when you mean no. Have hard conversations and so much more. And you get to do this with a group of women who are making the same changes in their lives and are there to support you, not judge you. It's a seriously warm, safe space where genuine connections are made. The GC is where doubt and loneliness meet their match. You can get all the info at jennifersherwood.com slash the GC. But if you are not ready for something like that yet, I've got you. Head over to my website, jennifersherwood.com and hit the relief right now button. I'll send three ridiculously simple steps to go from overwhelm to ease.